podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness. Expose. Welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now. Uh, It's a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. My name's Will, and joining me today is a very special co-host, Violet Skye. Hey, Violet. Hi. Nice to be on here again. Yeah, if you remember, Violet was on not too long ago talking about how she is living life like it's the 1980s, in part uh, singing like it's the 1980s because she got her hands on, it's an amazing story, you should go back and listen to that episode, but she got her hands on an authentic 1980s track, recorded the vocals for it, and she's got other songs coming out in the same fashion now. You've had a couple out like that, right? Yeah, and I just recorded another one yesterday called Show Me, so that should be out hopefully in within the next month. That's so exciting. Yes. Uh, I've asked Violet to join me today because my, my usual middle-aged co-hosts don't know much about the topic that we're going to be talking about. And so I wanted to certainly make sure I included an expert and, and Violet fits the bill very nicely, even though, as Violet and I have talked about off air, we have very different backgrounds. Right. I first learned about Exposé when they were the songs were coming out. I was a DJ at the time. So in the, in the late 80s, as the records are coming out, I was playing them. Violet's just discovered them in the last few years. Oh, I didn't even say that. <laughs> Right. Hang on. Nobody knows what we're talking about. Because Violet's joining me because on today's show, we're going to be the topic that she's, that we're talking about that Ray and Kat know very little about is we'll be speaking with uh, Jeanette Ann and Joya, who are collectively known as Expose. Yes. You know them from lots of hit songs, Point and Overturn, Come Go With Me, uh, Seasons Change, many others. I just learned, Violet, I don't know if you saw this, but they were the first group to have four top 10 hits on the Billboard 100 from a debut album. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I know the songs are good. I just yeah. didn't know the chart numbers and everything. Yeah, and collectively that earned them that uh, distinction. Distinction, And the, the really super cool thing is they're still playing. So you can see them in a performance, some kind of freestyle concert around the country. I did. You did? I did Wait, in what? November. Yeah, back in November, I went to okay. see them at the Freestyle Explosion. They were awesome. Oh. So this is, this is really exciting. <laughs> oh, very good. Okay, so, you know, I, I paused to make sure folks know what we're talking about because you were just going to tell us how you first heard Exposé? Yeah. I was 17, I think. Okay. And I'd always had known them uh, because online, you know, yep. just on YouTube and discovering 80s music. But then, you know, I bought the albums and everything. The first album, you know, start out with Exposed and then go into um, What You Don't Know, which mm-hmm. is their 89 album. And so, yeah, right. they just kind of became one of my favorite groups of just freestyle and 80s pop. Right. First of all, I want to let folks know that you actually, you're keeping the music alive very much because every week you host a show, a radio show on your college radio station, W-O-N-Y. Yeah. Uh, Thursdays from 6 to 8 Eastern, where you can hear songs like Expose, but a lot of different artists, you know, in this vein of freestyle club dance mm-hmm. music. What are the parameters of the, how do you pick the songs that you're going to play? It has to be, my, my tagline is, I'll play you anything, the obscure, uh, the forgotten hits, but never the ordinary. So mm. it can't be something that's on the classic hit station. Like it could be like a forgotten top 10 hit. It could be, you know, anything that's not what you normally hear. So um, I did play Point of No Return yes. uh, a couple of weeks ago, but then I also played the first version of Point of No Return, right. the original lineup. And then I kind of compared both of them and was like, you know, 
the similarities, the differences, but I love both versions and, you know, so that was really cool to do. And then kind of just know the history of the group. Sometimes I'll talk about history of the bands on my channel or artists. Um, I'll play, I've been trying to do a lot of freestyle music recently. I played Sweet Sensation, Laissez Faire. Um, yeah, those are some of the ones I've played. I've got to tell you, uh, I'm not, look, I, I'm honest on this show. Even growing up in this era, even DJing this music in the 80s, I, 50% of the songs I'm hearing for the first time, I think, on your show. I'm like, what is this? I don't know what this is. And I'm jotting down the names of songs and artists because now I want to track down, you know, everything that they've recorded because it's, it gives me that same feeling and vibe I had, you know, as a teenager in the 1980s, first discovering this music. So you can check that out at wonyfm.com, like I do. Listen on Thursdays from 6 to 8 Eastern. Okay, hey, I've got some news stories for us. Even though we don't have a Ray and Cat with us, there's still always 1980s news. Hey, in 1980s news this week, look, this is, it's going to seem like we planned this out here, right? <laughs> the Freestyle Explosion Throwback Jam returns to Orlando's Amway Center on July 16th. Now, this is just one of many examples, like you pointed out, of this Freestyle Explosion Throwback Jam concert that's popping up around the country. Yes. Um. Right now, uh, tickets to this particular event went on sale just last week, uh, and you can uh, get them at either at Amway Center or going to Ticketmaster.com. So when you saw them in November, who did you see? Do you remember? Everybody else who I saw? Yeah, besides Expose, of course. I saw uh, the Cover Girls were there, oh. Noelle, Stevie B, Samantha Fox, oh. which is originally why I went, because she never performs in the U.S., so I was like, right. I have to go. Um, but then all these other artists that I love were going to be there anyways, too. Mm. Um, so, of course, Expose was there. Um, Raquel. Wow. Um, oh, my gosh. Who else? T oh, TKA. Mm -hmm. They were the last group to go on at the night. So, mm. yeah, that's cool. So, it seems like the lineups maybe vary a little bit from show to show, and I'm probably artist availability, mm -hmm. because most of the folks you mentioned are going to be performing at this particular event in Orlando. And again, folks, if you want to see these freestyle groups, you can find them playing near you somewhere because they do travel around the country. Not near me, though, because the Midwest, <laughs> I mean, right. you know, I, it's kind of funny, right? Because folks know a lot of these groups, um, maybe not some of their more club hits, um, but they know, like, look, folks know who Lisa Lisa is. She had, you know, Oh, she was there too. <laughs> well, which was, yeah, she's going to be in Orlando. They, they've heard that before. They may not know TKA as much as they know K7, but that K right. in K7 is the K from TKA. Right. Um, so that's the same group. Of course, uh, cover girls, they, they know cover girls. So why can't they play near me here in the Midwest? I, I don't know. I, I wish gotta, I knew. I got to talk to Expose about they that should. later. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, I love all these groups. Uh, I think I'm among them, I tried to get Samantha Fox on the show. She does. No one ever returns my emails. I've tried so many different really? ways. I'd love to chat with her. Maybe I'll write her some fan mail and I'll ask. <laughs> yes. oh, I'll, I'll, I'll send it in the snail mail yes. overseas. Oh. <laughs> hope I yes. get a response. <laughs> Put enough stamps on it. I will. Um, TK, you know, what's interesting to me is a lot of these songs, because of the time I grew up with them and hearing them, I associate them with romance, you know, some different aspects mm -hmm. of a relationship, either finding new love or one ending. So like, uh, and TK in particular has a bunch of songs that are about like one way love, which is like, they didn't play that oh, one. Oh, they didn't? Oh, I that just was so the one song they didn't play. I was so disappointed because that's my favorite. Oh, I, like, oh. I would be. That's my favorite, too. But, uh, you yeah, know, that great. or Tears May Fall, Maria, even those songs, you know, they're about some right. kind of aspect of unrequited love. Mm -hmm. um, Noel, Silent Morning, you know. Uh, yes. 
information society I'll throw in there, not in the concert here, but, uh, you know, running, you know, this idea about so many of those songs are really about finding love, but a lot of them, these freestyle songs seem to be about losing love. Mm-hmm. Stevie B spring love. Stevie B. Yeah. Come back to me. Yeah. Right. So I definitely see that. There's a lot of songs I was listening to on a tape in my car, just driving around, you know, <laughs> some girl dumped me. Right. Oh God, why did you like me? You know, um, a very attractive image, I'm sure. Okay. Anyway, look for that. I seriously, I hope to be able to maybe if I need to, I will travel somewhere to see them. Hey, another, in other 1980s news, a 1980s hip hop family is about to feud. And I'm not talking about like the beef between LL Cool J and Cool Moe D. They had a diss records going back and forth throughout the 1980s into the 1990s. I'm pretty sure. I'm not talking about UTFO versus Roxanne Shantae and versus the real Roxanne. No, we're talking about uh, the uh, family feud, the game show, because uh, Sandra Denton, who's uh, better known as Peppa of Salt and Peppa, mm-hmm. right? Is that how uh, Patrick Stewart? You're a younger person. That's like a meme or something. Salt yeah, and I don't. Pe- no, you don't know that one. I don't know that. I'm. I'm maybe I'm a young person, but I'm not with the times. Clearly here. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh, you're right. In that sense, maybe I'm more up to date, huh? Possibly. I mean, I'm pretty up with the meme culture and <laughs> yes. everything. That's the only way I relate to, you know, Gen Z. Yeah. <laughs> but everything else, pop culture is like, you know, 80s. So. Yes. All right. <laughs> but that one, I don't know. So. I like how you say like Gen Z as if like, you know, you're part of what? Gen X, I guess. Or just Gen X asterisk. Yeah. I'm like a Gen X, Gen Z, or <laughs> kind of together. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird pop up. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Peppa of Salt and Pepper recently posted to Instagram some behind-the-scenes pics of her, Salt, Kid and Play, and Dougie Fresh on the set of Celebrity Family Feud. So there's no dates as to when we're going to see this, but I'm excited about seeing who them on the show and who they might be playing against. We don't know any idea. Yeah, I would tune into that, definitely. So we know you love 80s freestyle and dance. Any love for 80s hip-hop? Well, I mean, I haven't really gotten into so much of it, yeah. but I do like some Run DMC. Mm-hmm. I was able to meet DMC a couple <gasps> years ago. He did a, uh, he did a, what was it, a lecture on the history of hip-hop at my college. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, the signs were hanging up. I was like, DMC's coming here, like this <laughs> middle-of-nowhere town, like yes. my school's in. I was like, oh, my gosh. So he got to, you know, give a lecture then after he had like a meet and greet. So then I got into their music that way too. I definitely started listening. Wow. Yeah, I didn't really know too much. I mean, I have yep. the soundtracks like Beat Street mm-hmm. and oh, Crush Groove. And I haven't seen the movies yet, but I've been like waiting to watch them and listen to them. Oh. It's definitely been on my list of things to discuss. I love both those. Beat Street is great because it has very authentic battle, uh, be- uh, break in battles in that. Because mm-hmm. they have authentic break crews from the 80s that were really, you know, battling in right. uh, in these scenes. It's really fantastic. And um, breaking too. And breaking, yeah. One and two, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and breaking also, yes. And yes. yes. Uh, yeah, we spoke to Michael Chambers, who's in those films. Um, great guy, great, uh, great stories. There's definitely elements of freestyle music that you love that owes to what hap- was happening in hip hop earlier in the decade. So, uh, <laughs> you know, early, uh, some people quote uh, or, or credit rather like Africa Mimbata, Planet Rock, this certain kind of sound they had, which he borrows largely from Kraftwerk and other electronic bands that were coming out in the late 1970s, which also sort of mix a lot in other rappers that, you know, credit their sound with. Um, Stuff that they were doing. And the elements of this kind of the way the rhythms were, the electronic sort of sound, the syncopation is ultimately what you hear coming in early uh, freestyle. So if you think about like Shannon, for example. Yeah. um, 
So, you know, like you say, like you're, you, you don't, you haven't found what your hip hop favorites are from the 1980s yet, but right. maybe it's that, maybe it's those, maybe African Bambata, for example. Yeah, I'll definitely look into it. Um, and you know, the good, the thing about hip hop in the 1980s, unlike today, and folks have probably heard me complain about this before, is it was a lot of it was fun. So yeah, right. there was definitely stuff that was gritty and real. And even Run DMC, you know, they, they talked about real things, but they also had a lot of fun songs that, and a lot of them were, you know, jams that you could dance to. Mm-hmm. And I, I joke, and it's only partly a joke mm-hmm. that I haven't listened to new music since like 1992 or three. And because I love the 1980s music so much and like all of it, you know, right. rock, rap, dance. Yeah, I'm the same way. And contemporary music just doesn't, I don't think it's because I'm just a curmudgeon old guy. It's just, there's something about it, how it's made today and produced today it doesn't seem to have the joy or bring me the joy, certainly that we had with music in the 1980s. It's just, it had a different vibe to it and, and creativity wise. And yeah. especially in, like in the music industry back then, it was the talent buyers and the record labels got to choose who got famous. Mm-hmm. And now because music can be made by anybody, right. the public chooses who gets to be famous through the internet. Yeah. So it's a huge different dynamic in like the industry now versus it's been, you know, back then. 80s and everything. Then why is the yeah. public choosing garbage? Because I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I wish I could tell you that, <laughs> but I, I don't know. No, this but, isn't yeah. curmudgeon old man talking. I blame your peers. I'm, I'm also the same way though, and I'm with this generation. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate that I am because I should have been back however many years ago, you know, doing what I do. Yeah, and you're working to so, try to change it by bringing, yes. you know, music that, look, it's, it was recorded in the 80s originally, so, or created in the 80s. Yeah. So it sounds like that, but at the same time, it's authentic. I don't know. I think there's something timeless about dance music because even music mm-hmm. that's created today, that's dance, like truly dance music. It sounds not unlike how it was made and it's not differently made, except that we use a computer instead of separate different components, drum machine, keyboard, et cetera. We can do it with one computer. It sounds yeah. similar. Yeah, in a way. I mean, especially there's an influence music, like I know the weekend did blinding lights right. and that was a huge thing. And it was definitely cool to hear. But, you know, a lot of that, like, 80s influence music has a lot of, like, synthesizers that just keep... It's different, the way that they use the synth sounds and the way that, like, there's pauses in the music. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's different than how it was arranged back in the 80s. So, like, especially right. my music, like, if I run out of tracks to use that were from the 80s, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm going to have to figure out how to really get these sounds to sound. Right. Just the way that they're arranged, you know, and not do it in, like, a modern way. I agree. But, you know, a lot of people like modern twists on things, but I'm just not like that. I, so. you know, you're right. And I, I agree hundred percent. Well, first of all, you know, I, I write music. And so when I try to emulate stuff from the eighties, you're right. It is a little more challenging because you have to consider those things. <laughs> and I'm thinking about freestyle in particular. That's exciting to me is you're right. Those pauses and dramatic moments that they put in where the beats will drop out or the, something changes or there's just silence and then it comes back. That we, they don't do a lot of that in contemporary music, it doesn't seem like. No. And it felt more like storytelling then, where it's, you know, these sort of dramatic moments. I think just today's music is very processed. It's very commercial, you know. Mm-hmm. They just want to hire people onto a label and have everybody sound the same. And all the singers sing in that accent that they do. <laughs> and I, it's what? like, it's like, all that. it's like, what is that? Like, why are you singing that way? And like, you know, in the 80s, like, you can tell the difference between Expose and the Cover Girls and yeah. Sweet Sensation because they're all singing in their natural, regular voices and yes. they weren't doing this like weird, like, 
thing with their voice. Like, why do they, you talk like that? Like, why is that the style? It's, it seems less natural and authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Everything seems a little cleaner and too polished and perfect. And yes, auto tune, very filtered, yeah. very, so many effects to make it sound perfect. Yeah. You, yeah. You're, and, uh, I'm thinking now about some of the, you know, music we used to play because I listen to it now compared to, because uh, I'm somewhat of an audiophile, that even the mixes, they're not perfect. They're not great. Some of them are just not great in the sense that there's not that separation of sounds. Like I can't clearly hear the synths from, you know, some kind of stringy pad. There's a little bit of a muddiness to it, but that made right. it more, I don't know, authentic, I guess. I just had this conversation with one of my other 80s musician friends, Christina yeah. Vieira, last night. Like we were on the phone and she was like, yeah, like everything is so different and like has to be just perfect. And that's, you know, she goes, it takes the raw emotion mm -hmm. out of your vocals if you use auto-tune. Like, sometimes those little imperfections show the emotion, yeah. show, yeah. you know, what you're trying to present in, in music. Yeah, so. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, that's true. Right. Hey, in other 1980s news, per popcrush.com, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame explains its decision to keep Dolly Parton as a nominee. So, for folks who don't know, at the beginning of February, we got this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. And among those were... Uh, one of those many iconic acts included the legendary Dolly Parton. And uh, she, and this is my opinion, but I think this is, wouldn't be disputed, but she and a handful of other country stars from the 1980s, including Kenny Rogers, really made, a lot of the country was, our country was suddenly into country music. It was very bizarre because even growing up in my, you know, Jersey City, New Jersey, Violet, my parents were suddenly going line dancing and, you know, the country bars, it was very weird, like a Twilight Zone kind of thing. Like My mom did too. She does. <laughs> Late 80s, early 90s, she was very into country and she was, you know, oh, I went line dancing at these places in New Jersey and, you know, yeah. she always tells mm -hmm. me about all the clubs she used to go to. It's bizarre, right? And you're from New York, so it's a kind of... Right. I don't know. It seemed antithetical to everything else going on living in a city and then folks were wearing hats and boots. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Kind of different from the culture that was in New York City at the time. But yeah, still interesting. I remember my mom and dad taking uh, me and my sister to a, a indoor flea market. Folks in New Ooh. Jersey will know this. The Route US1 flea market in New Jersey. Because they had a live country band. Really? <laughs> I, I loved the flea market. It was cool. You get to, you know. Oh yeah, that's all I ever do. Yeah, yes. Go to flea markets and thrift stores and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh well, you're hunting for '80s stuff in the '80s. I don't know exactly. what I was hunting for because then they had I don't know '60s stuff. I guess. Right. Um. So anyway, what were they talking about? Oh yeah. So so just a few days ago, Dolly Parton says uh, she doesn't want to be inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She released a statement that said, "Quote: I don't feel that I've earned the right. I really do not want votes to be split because of me. So I must respectfully bow out." I do hope that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will understand and be willing to consider me again if I'm worthy. Uh, end quote. Uh, her, her request to be withdrawn drew praise from uh, folks in the industry, including Judas Priest's Richie Faulkner, who called it a classy move and said, quote, I think she recognizes her brand and it doesn't necessarily fit into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, end quote. Of course, this raises the question, like, what fits into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? Because... Mm -hmm. We know we've got rock artists, that's how it started, but you've got a number of hip hop and disco dance. I mean, you've got Michael Jackson, you've got Madonna, Run DMC, like we just talked about. They're right. all in the rock hall and nobody would necessarily say they're rock. Right. So Dolly Parton seems to feel like she needs to release a rock album. She made some statement with regard to that, that she's been thinking about doing that, that that may then qualify her. But uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do you think that 
you have to be strictly rock and roll to be in the rock hall? I don't think so. I mean, obviously with everybody who's been inducted already, they're not strictly rock and roll. And I mean, rock and roll came from country and blues music, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, she's one of the roots, if anything, of rock music. So I think that she should be in. And she's such an icon in in pop culture and music history anyway. So, but I can definitely understand her, um, you know, her opinion and and her viewpoints on why she doesn't want to be, you know, compete with other people that more align with the genre. But yeah. Um, I think that she deserves to be in, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. You know, you talk about the roots of rock and roll. Rock and roll comes from something else. So maybe the Hall of Fame really needs to be this really, let's get down to the most, I don't know, derivative version of music. I don't know, like you say, blues. Maybe that's it, you know, jazz, blues from our country that then evolved into these other genres and also led to hip hop and dance and these other things. Right. So yeah, maybe just rock, rock and roll. And that's just the way it's named is sort of sounds like it's limiting, but, mm-hmm. but this, you know, this got me thinking because I knew we were going to talk. Do we have a strictly dance music hall of fame? And disappointingly, I learned that there was one established in 2003 mm-hmm. uh, to, to uh, honor the contributions of folks to dance music. It had its first induction in 2004 and then went inactive after 2005's induction ceremony. So that's very short lived. Yeah. And according to Wikipedia, they, they, they stopped because of financial disagreements among the board members. Hmm. Yeah. I'm bummed out. Now there's, there's a Facebook page that calls itself the dance music hall of fame, but I don't know what they are. <laughs> they started in 2013. I don't know. They have this long list, like of a hundred people that have been quote unquote, uh, honorary inductees. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're just selling something because it seems like among their posts are just like ads for things. But oh. That's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's tons of folks that, you know, look in these concerts we're talking about. Right. Expose should be in that uh, dance music hall of fame. Oh, definitely. hundred percent. I mean, what I've read is, and I didn't appreciate this at the time, but some of the artists that you mentioned, like cover girls, I think sweet sensation, they came out after the, after expose started to break through. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true time-wise. Yeah, I guess it would because a lot of them are late 80s, early 90s. Right. So, so yeah, talking about influential cover girls, I mean, expose rather, uh, you know, laid the groundwork for some of these other female groups in, in the genre. Yeah, definitely. All right. Hey, let's say that is that. Okay. Hey, that was 1980s news. Yes. <laughs> you agree. I'm glad you agree. Thanks. Hey. Look, Violet's here. Don't embarrass me. Please like the show, rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Facebook. Okay, come on, guys. Seriously? All right. Do it. Do it. She said do it. Um, hey, you know, I thought before we speak to the ladies that you and I, um, like you had alluded to this interesting history about expose, that about how uh-huh. the expose that we know and we're going to be speaking with today, who have carried the brand forward since 1986, isn't the expose that we first heard in 1985. And I believe isn't the first expose record I played because I'm pretty sure the point of no return I played had someone else singing on it. Do you, yeah. do you, can we, do you mind, do you know this? You know the story I heard you talking about on your radio show. Yeah. I know uh, some of the story. Yeah. I apologize if some things are not exact, but um, yeah, in 85, um, Louis Martinet was the producer and he started out with three, other women, um, Lori Miller, Sanday, and Allie, and they all were the first expose, and they had Point of No Return and Exposed to Love, um, and they would perform it all around and everything, and then 
at one point things just didn't work out anymore. And then the new lineup came in, which was Anne, Joya and Jeanette. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I heard, uh, I, I heard an interview from Jeanette explaining the story saying that she was approached by, uh, uh, Sande and Ali because they said they knew Lori was leaving and would she be their singer? Because they had right. just caught her appearance or caught her performance at a club with the band she was in then, and she declined. It wasn't mm-hmm. until later when uh, the group got a record deal and Arista started asking Jeanette to please be the lead singer that she did. Uh, she eventually accepted the offer. Right. It is interesting though because I just this just just occurred to me. So that when yeah, they, I never knew that when they just go to the, when they go to the studio to release the first album, it's kind of like the situation you're in. They well, except for the vocals part, they <laughs> had an album recorded. Yep. The music was all done and ready to go, but the vocals were by three different ladies. And so now they had to re-record all these tracks with uh, you, the new ones. If you buy uh, certain copies of the first album, um, Exposed, oh, Exposure, oops, sorry. Um, but yeah, if you buy certain copies of the first album, um, mm. the first few hundred thousand, I think, I'm sure my numbers are off, but yep. um, you'll get the original pressing version of Point of No Return. Mm. And that's the album that I have. And I remember listening to it and I'm like, why does this sound so different than the one on the radio? Mm. And then the later pressings of the album will have the new lineup version. So it's really interesting to like know that they just still included the old, the original version of Point of No Return on the album, the final pressing, you know, when, you know, they re-recorded it later and everything. So. Yeah. I wonder if it was, we know it was a big club hit. So Mm -hmm. maybe at that point they were like, we don't want to screw with it because it's already a hit. True. I mean, it was two years before, though, because the album came out in 87, and the first version was in 85. Yeah, I'm wondering if the producers were like, everyone's heard this 85 one. We released a record without that one on it. Right, that's true. People may revolt. But they do ultimately record it with uh, Jeanette singing the lead vocals, and that's the one that probably most people are familiar with, because that's the one you still hear on the radio today. Mm -hmm. Along those lines, uh, Jeanette, in this interview that I again heard, and look, we're going to talk to them about a bunch of stuff. This is an interesting story, but folks can actually track down interviews and learn more about this. We've got such little precious time with them. Uh, but uh, she, she talked about how when she finally goes to Florida, because she was from California, it's February. And she, you know, they're doing this work to replace the tracking, the, the vocals and all that. By November, Come Go With Me is out. So in just that period of a few months, you know, she's sort of whisked into this world of... Uh, freestyle dance music and they've got a hit on the radio just a few months later. Right. It's crazy. Uh, and that album that you mentioned exposure, like we said, uh, you know, set a record because of, of the fact that they had four top 10 hits uh, on their debut album. Uh, it was released March 2nd, 1987. It reached number 16 on the billboard 220 on the R and B album chart certified double platinum by May of 1990. Goodness. Well deserved. <laughs> so the, the album that you have their exposure, does that have the original or does it have Jeanette's version? Yeah, my, my copy has the original version of Point of No Return. Whoa. But my friend has a copy and yep. hers has the newer version with Jeanette's vocals. So. Mm. so do you know if this is like a hot commodity? Is it like a collector's item? Not really. No? Not that I know of. Oh. I mean, I think it's, it, yeah. I think it's cool in my collection. I'm always like, Oh, so now I'm trying to track down a version of the album that has, you know, the, the Jeanette version too. But yeah. I think it's really interesting and just a cool little collector's item for, you know, myself. I would think it'd be v- extremely valuable if it's only like you said, I, I remember right. that too. I don't remember the exact number, but it was in the thousands. It was in the low thousands. Mm-hmm. 
Um, of course, Jeanette sings the, the majority of the lead vocals on the record, but uh, Joya and Anne also sing lead on uh, two, each sing lead on two different tracks. Right. What? Okay. I'm going to put you in a difficult spot here. Favorite oh, no. song on this album? Exposure. Exposure. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's so hard. Of course, everybody um, knows Point and No Return. Right. But you got Let Me Be the One, Come Go With Me, Seasons Change are the big ones that folks probably know. I think You're the One I Need. You're the really? One I Need, the One for Me. It's so good. It's just something about it. And then like the, da-na-na, da-na-na. it's like ugh, the instrumental, everything. I, but I also love Seasons Change. Yeah. Oh gosh, I love Seasons Change. I love how you, just like consistent with your radio program, the song you go to is the one that probably people know. Not the least, but <laughs> right. I well, mentioned that's just the five big ones. I mean, I love the singles too. That's yeah. my thing. Like I love the singles. I love what they play on the radio because it, you know, it's played on the radio because it's good and everyone yeah. remembers it. But I always want to highlight the songs that people don't usually know just because, you know, they're really good too. No one talks about them. Yeah, absolutely. I would say my favorite is Come Go With Me. There's something about it. And look, yes. I was DJing, so I only played the singles really. That's what people wanted to hear. But there's something... And maybe you have this experience and maybe, or maybe you need the benefit of hindsight, you know, in a, a few years because you're, you're just discovering this music in the last few years, but uh, just music, gen- look, whatever. you're younger than I am. I, I'm trying, <laughs> this is what I'm trying to say, but I know that there's certain songs, like they say smell is the strongest trigger, you know, like you smell something mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, that's my kindergarten teacher wore that perfume. I mean, that's it. That stuff. Ha- I mean, that's a real example of something that's happened to me. Right. I don't know her name, but I know she wore that perfume, <laughs> but there's songs that just take me back to a place where I heard yeah. it, where I felt it, an emotion and come going with me. I'm not precisely sure where I am associating with it. I think I have an idea, but associated <laughs> with this is this, I don't know, real sort of euphoric feeling. I just feel so happy. And I think it was this one like dance or party that I have in my mind that I was at hearing the song and it just, you know, still pretty young and, oh, right. that, do you have songs that you tie to? Yes, Definitely. I have songs I'll listen to that'll just give me such nostalgia. Yeah. Like, even if it's just a couple of years ago, because yeah. I'm, you know, 21, but like, you know, somewhere I was 18, I hear a song that I used to listen to all the time then. And I'll be listening and just being like, wow, you know, so much has changed, but you know, you always remember where you were at that point. Yeah. That's how it felt to listen to it. Okay. And maybe I did too that when I was 21. <laughs> right. I, I mean, don't have as much life experience, but you know. I haven't either. I'm still getting here. <laughs> But start early. Try not to say yes. anything that makes it sound like I'm an old person giving a younger person advice. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's on me. That's on me. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, I guess with that, why don't we uh, bring out our guest? So in a moment, we'll be right back with Anne, Jeanette, and Joya. Expose. Our guests today were the first group in history to have four top 10 hits on their debut album, surpassing records set by the Beatles and the Supremes, and including their tracks Point of No Return, Come Go With Me, and their number one hit, Seasons Change. Our guests also became the first female group to have seven back-to-back top 10 hits on the Billboard Hot 100. And to the delight of me, Violet, and their millions of fans, they continue to perform today. 
To find out when you can see them in a city near you, visit exposeonline.net. Please welcome to the show, Jeanette Jurado and Curlis and hey, Joya Bruno. Hello, everyone. Expose. <laughs> Hey, thank you so much for talking to us. Look, I, I can say this. This is the only time I'm going to allow myself to sound like an old man relative to Violet. Otherwise, I try to just sound like I'm cool and hip. Uh, I've been a fan of yours for, well, it's, well, at least 30 years now, over 30 years. Um, as a young man, I was a DJ in the 1980s as a young teen and uh, spinning your records. And so... I associate so much of your music with that time. And so it's exciting for me to talk to you. And I imagine Violet's thrilled too, because when the two yeah. of us got together and said, who would we like to talk to from this era? This both of us said expose. So, so Violet, maybe you're yeah. an old soul going back to the eighties like that, but I, I guess think a lot. it was yeah. a very fun time. And you know, but people like waited for you know, your next song to come out. They really cared, you know, they, yeah. you know, like read the liner notes and, this is kind of a different deal, you know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so Violet, if you had to do it all over again, do you feel like you wish that you were born in the 60s and 70s so you could experience yeah. music in the 80s? And that's funny. <laughs> My son, who's, who's a, well, he's a young adult. He, he felt like he should have been born in the early 1800s or something. <laughs> Just, really, I have a friend like that too, yeah. Really retro, uh, more than retro. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of that steampunk thing. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So oh. I'm like, oh, yeah, bummer. Sorry. Can't change <laughs> the time. <laughs> So the three of you to collectively here, you know, as expose, were part of a, a, a genre of music that was really, was. I think this is always fascinating. In the 1980s, we had a lot of innovation and certainly in music. In the 1980s, hip hop became huge. It didn't really exist until then, really the late 70s. But similarly, freestyle music, you know, born in the sort of early 1980s and then, you know, Latin freestyle, sort of a subgenre was coming out in the 1980s. Uh, so... But bef so before that existed, though, what was the music that you, I guess, each individually were drawn to? What what sort of music were you guys into? Um, well, I I was singing in a, in a band from the age of sixteen, and I sang a lot of Linda Ronstadt, you know, Pat Benatar. I was the chick singer in the band, <laughs> but I loved listening to like Emerson, like and Palmer, and Yes, and Led Zeppelin. And I was kind of a real rocker, so when Expose popped into my life. I was like, what is dance music? Because we, we don't really, I, I don't call it freestyle. I think maybe there okay. was one freestyle sort of a song, but we really crossed over into pop. So sure. dance pop to me was, I don't know. I didn't have a clue. And then I heard, let me be the one. And I thought, oh, yeah, I think I can handle that. Let's listen. You know, it was a little <laughs> different. But now I just love, love, love our music. When we're on stage, it's like amazing, you know? I don't listen to it all the time, but when we're up there, it's like, it's just like in your, our DNA, I think 36 years, guys. Yes, but who's yeah. coming? <laughs> yes. I blame myself right. for starting that age conversation. Yeah. And, and I was, I was kind of a, a I loved pop, traditional pop music um, even prior to the eighties. And then I, I got into some, well, Heart was one of my favorite oh, yeah. groups. Oh, yeah. I mean, my God, Ann Wilson is, <laughs> I, she's amazing. amazing. She's probably my favorite female vocalist. And then I went to University of Miami, uh, the music school there, and I really got into jazz and and then R and B, like with Shaka Khan and Stevie Wonder. Mm. 
So I too, when I joined the group, it was almost out of genre for me in terms of what I, I listened to a lot and aspired, uh, you know, to, to sound like really, but, but it just, it's, the music is so catchy. The songs are so fun. And I think that if I weren't in the group, I would really love the group. I really do. I think <laughs> when those songs come on the radio and if I were outside of it, I would just love listening to it. So, uh, it, and the bonus was that I got to work with Jeanette and Joya. So. Mm. <laughs> Aww. Aww, that's sweet. Mm. Anna. I love you. Yeah, I love you. Okay. So Jeanette, I grew up, um, listening mostly to Barbara Streisand and oh, uh, wow. love Linda Ronstadt and pretty much any, any singer that was a belter. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can even throw Judy Garland in there. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. was singing along. Um, and uh, my first band uh, when I was 15, I joined a band and they had a four piece horn section. Mm. <clears throat> so um, yeah, I had to learn how to belt really early. <laughs> if, if, if I wanted right. people to hear me. <laughs> Um, and we did mostly R&B stuff. I think the two bands I was in prior to Expose, I was singing mostly R&B. In fact, my first band, uh, which was called Brandy back in uh, Los Angeles, we're actually doing a date together in June. Um, and I know, isn't that funny? And, uh, we're doing a couple of the old stuff that we did. And I'm thinking, geez, who do you, do you, anybody remember the band Sky? Sky. No, no. They had a song called Call Me. Call mm. me if you need someone to talk to. Anybody? Nope. Um, <laughs> oh, look at that. Well, there you go. That's why the band didn't stay together. Oh. We didn't <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, mostly R&B. R&B. And uh, I, yeah, anything you can dance to. So the whole expose music when, um, when I was... Um, invited to come out to Florida and record. I just was in love with the music already because you could dance to it. And those right. are the types of bands that I was working with. It, it's, it's interesting. It's, it, it, you know, Jeanette, you sort of said anticipated, but I mean, you didn't know I was going to say this. I came to the same conclusion. You all sort of chose, you know, these strong female singers that really can belt. Um, and ultimately it seems like, um, obviously that serves you well on your music because maybe good music is just good music, whether you call it, you know, dance pop or it's R and B or, uh, or freestyle as, you know, as again, some folks uh, will categorize some of your music. So at the time, since, and, and some of you weren't familiar with the music at all, did you appreciate the fact that you were part of something new? Did it seem like that at the time you're recording this music and start performing it? Um, Joya here. Um, Something new. I mean, well, obviously to all three of us, it was kind of something new, maybe not Jeanette, but I mean, it was different with the kind of the, the, the Latin rhythms, the, the congas, the bongos and all of that. But I still remember when Jeanette and I, I think Jay, were we listening? We heard it on the radio and we, <laughs> it was just mind blowing. Like we were just like, oh my God, you know, and just, I think that's when, cause I hadn't, I hadn't heard anything out there like, like us. I mean, I really think that we're the very first three girl group who, who, who just pulled dance music up out of, you know, out of, out of Latin rhythms. And it just wasn't just disco or something. Mm-hmm. Not that right. disco is bad, but you know what I mean? Like it was different. It had a different vibe altogether and being from South Florida or, I mean, you know, starting out there, I mean, such a melting pot of, of, of people in all kinds of flavors, Latino flavors. I mean, it's just like, everything is different. It's not like just, one thing it's not like just mariachi music it's just 
whatever works. And it just, it just, it just, it blew, it blew my socks off back then. Cause mm. who would have ever thought, you know, that you would be pulled out of all of the women in the world and dropped into this little place with these other two women who were equally pulled out of what? And then, and then here, here we are 36 years later, just, just loving it, enjoying our girls weekends. But like, yeah. <laughs> if, it still is exciting, I think is what I'm trying to say when, when I hear it or when we're performing it as it was the very first time I heard it. Like, hmm. I didn't know. I don't know if I considered it a new sound, but I guess it was, I mean, I need a hindsight looking back on it now. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it was, you know, that keyboard sound or the synthesizer sounds and the, the drums and all the electronic stuff. Um, it, I guess it kind of started with the whole new wave thing. Um, but yeah, ours was just a little different, a little. Do you think, I'm sorry. Mark, you, go ahead. Well, I just think that as far as three girl groups go, I hadn't really even thought about a three girl group until we kind of came out with our stuff. Cause what was, I mean, you would think about, sure, the three girl groups in the fifties and the sixties, but nothing beyond that. Like, was there, were there three girl groups in the seventies? I don't know. I think it was mostly fifties. I miss the I'm pointer sisters. Who? The pointer sisters. Were yeah, they the pointer sisters? Yeah, but they were sisters. <laughs> <laughs> they were born into it. Yeah. yeah. Right. That doesn't count, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it doesn't. <clears throat> so Joy, you mentioned uh and Jeanette, one of you brought up how you hearing it on the radio for the first time. So you guys, if you comes on the radio now, you're in the car, you're somewhere, you're do you still listen? Do you change the channel? Do you sing along? <laughs> Okay, I don't want to answer that question. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't know if I'll listen to the whole thing. I think it depends on what song it is and and definitely what kind of mood I'm in. Yeah. But I love it. Like if I have, um, I have two boys, and yeah. uh, if I have my sons in the car with me, I'm like, hey, look, your mom's on the radio, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so that's kind of fun. Is it um, is it impressive or embarrassing to them? Um. <sighs> Different. I think sometimes, well, if it's just us, they're not embarrassed if it's just us three in the car. But I think at one point, um, yeah, one of my sons, my younger of of the two was not uh, very revealing about what his mom did. Uh, And, uh, but my older son, I think always was kind of proud of it. You know, you guys, the other day, maybe probably a couple of months ago, actually, my daughter was at a party and she was in New York and, uh, they're holding the, the let me be the one vinyl that the record like mm-hmm. the big and she's like just dancing around with her friends and singing and having a big old time <laughs> like it's like when she was younger she wasn't really eh. but now she's so proud of her mom oh. and she just yeah you know, her, oh. her two second moms and she's so supportive and she's singing as well now um, mm-hmm. doing her own thing but it, it was so funny. It is really funny. My, my daughter said to me when she went to college, please tell my roommate to take seasons change off of her ringtone. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I love that. Well, was that a coincidence? I, I don't know. I'd have oh, to ask. Well, it was funny though. Yeah, speaking of vinyl, Violet, you want to show them what you have there? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I pulled out most of my records. Oh, oh she's got it. Yeah. Oh, look Yay. at those. I have my tape of what you know, the CD. <laughs> oh my God. All my 45s are at college. So isn't that, isn't that the album or the vinyl album with the white cover 
That's a twelve in jeans. Is that like a? Is that an import? Was that ever released here? It is. Um, it's it's the twelve inch single of Tell Me Why. Hmm. No, maybe yeah. it was. I think that was. We did the photo shoot yeah, in the UK, so. but yes. Um, and yeah. and that you know we really lament the loss of that big artwork on albums, mm. and then it just went. It got it just shrunken. It became like this shrunken little. You know, I mean, I think we all really love to pull out the sleeve of that really big. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's why I love records right like, you know, but I think they're I coming back it. they're coming back so. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah there was a statistic recently where I think it was vinyl outsold CDs for the first time since some year in 1980 right. it's just, just wow. a Yay. Awesome. Now, Violet do you have a record player Violet I do I have VHS tapes cassettes the whole time oh, <laughs> she is legit <laughs> yes. you're a trip you are too much that's <laughs> awesome she is living like she's in the 1980s or more authentically yeah. than me. You know, I, I don't have any of those things. <laughs> I try, yeah. you know, make up for lost time. Yeah. So when Aww. you when you see those uh, record labels or those photos, are you just transported back to those, you know, I heard Ann talk about the photo shoot was in the UK. Are you just transported back to those moments? Are they still, are you still connected to those uh, experiences? I, I, I do. When I see the pictures, I can remember where we were, what the mm. setting was when I look at the album covers and it like, it brings back a whole, uh, you know, whole flood of memories personally. And uh, which is fun. And we, when we have wonderful pictures, actually Jeanette has wonderful pictures that she's <laughs> never shared with us. She has catalogs of <laughs> yeah. pictures. We're like, why don't you share these like physical I'm talking, you know, oh. old school mm. printed, you know, pictures. Yeah. And, um, so we've, she's allowed us to, to view some of them and <laughs> she let me take pictures Private of some showing. of them. I was like, Oh, wow. well, I know, she's got this amazing catalog and one day she will digitize it and share it with all of us. But one day, yeah, I mean, the pictures are so cool. much fun because they just, they spring back all these wonderful memories of you places. Know that, that, that photo that's on that particular album, that white album there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think of that photo session, Anna and Joya, and I don't know if you remember, there was, there was another shot that we took where I'm wearing a gold dress. Do you remember yes. that? Yes. That's what I think of when I mm-hmm. think of that photo session, because they wanted me to put that dress on and I refused to try it on for some reason. And I think I was almost in tears. I was so angry because I just did not think that I, that was fitting for me. It was very um, fitting, actually. It was, yeah, <laughs> it was very fitted. <laughs> but I look at it now, I'm like, wow, that looks really cool. I'm glad they talked to me. Into it. Oh, um, right. <laughs> you're going to have to send me a picture of that picture. I got to remember that one. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Speaking of um, outfits, you know, we're talking about outfits. I was wondering what was your favorite stage outfit that you ever wore on hmm. stage performing in the 80s? Wow. Mm. I have one. Um, of mm. course I have pictures of it. I don't think you guys do, <laughs> <laughs> but for a while I was really into Betsy Johnson. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. And I loved the dresses with the polka dots and the big flower, colorful flowers mm. and the striped socks. Um, I had a couple of those that I really loved wearing on stage. Cool. Yeah. I loved, um, remember our, our designer, McCole Scholler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've been sporting that jacket lately too. I, I still oh, have she's it. Still, that's I wore awesome. the jacket the other day. It is it's from 1986 and a half, maybe. I'm telling you, you guys, he made the greatest clothes. I mean, they're just beautiful. And I would wear these like hot pants and matching, like I had these orange hot pants and an orange jacket. 
with black and white and the number 13 on the back. It sounds ridiculous, but I freaking <laughs> no. loved those, those, those outfits. That's that little black fringe jacket that you yeah, have, right? That, like I know, yeah, I still, but I still have the orange and I still have the, the 13 too. <laughs> and I was, I don't have I the was shorts anymore. Not totally, totally shorts. And I was totally different from that. I was into the long jackets. So I love kind of that long, I think like Stevie Nicks, that was kind of my thing. And actually it right. still is. Yeah. <laughs> cool. so when you consider yeah. what you're going to wear performing, is it just is it in part of it a practical matter? Cause you're going to be up there for a while. So it's like, mm-hmm. what shoes won't be hurting by the end or what can I move around in? <laughs> I love these questions. I mean, we've never been asked these questions. By I, know the way. I just want to like, okay, good, good. <laughs> tell them how we do it guys. What do we do? <laughs> um, I think shoes definitely have to be comfortable, although we have all been known to wear shoes that are not comfortable in whatsoever way, um, but we love them because of what they look like. And then we're sorry after. Um, I think sometimes we bring shoes to walk to the stage with (laughs) and then have our stage shoes just for the stage. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, to get back to the hotel. And Jeanette wears the highest heels, though. That girl, you could sport some freaking inches on your feet. I can't Mm. even... But she's the youngest one, and I'm always like, just wait. <laughs> just wait. A couple more yeah, years. Wait, wait two more years. You'll be gelling. You'll be dying. Uh, Dr. <laughs> and I'm like the Amazon woman of the group at a whopping five, four and a half. And I'm like, I dwarf these two, whatever I wear. But I think uh, it's probably my least favorite thing about performing in, in total is packing and yeah. try to, I mean, you think I'd, I'd, we would be experts at this point, but it's, it's a drama. Every time we go to a show, okay, there's text back and forth. What are we wearing? What's the theme this time? What are we pulling together? What's the colors? What's the colors? Yeah. Joy, Do you have a belt? You. You I forgot my belt. Yeah. Wow. A lot of coordination. It's black and shiny, black and sparkly, black <laughs> and gold. And then we're like, no, we need color. And then it's color. And then this pastel, no, no pastel. I forgot, to, we, uh, I forgot to bring break. bracelets. Did any of you guys bring extra jewelry? I need something oh sparkly. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the conversation that goes on in the <laughs> and in the dressing room. Well, I got to see you guys back in February. February. I keep saying February, November at the Freestyle Freefall in Atlantic City. And I thought you guys looked really cool. Oh, and that was a fun did a great show. performance. So, did they that was a fun show. show. Yeah. That was yeah. black and red. I totally remember you. I remember seeing you. I'm kidding. I don't remember. Like no way. No. I think that was a Saturday night live, not Saturday night live skit once. Oh, I remember you. Like Paul, Paul Simon was like, yeah, weren't you in the front row? Yeah. No, I don't remember. No, I was like all the way back. Oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. You. Yeah. you probably would remember her show. though. I, I don't imagine mo- most folks show up looking the way Violet does. I, I would say that that is correct. And yeah. if there's ever another show, you must come and say hello, Violet. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm going to be at that trying show too, Violet. To. I brought my record with me and oh, I was like, we could, we're walking around the hotel. We're like, we got to run into somebody. We did. <laughs> <laughs> no. so, but hey, I get to interview you guys. This is really awesome. It's great. I know you had a question about them performing. Violet was about the- Yeah. yeah. So I had two questions. What was your favorite song you recorded in general? It could be anything. And then what is your favorite to perform? Performing Point of No Return is, is just the energy that we get like mm. from the crowd is just beyond. And I remember we used to do this dance. That, remember when we used to like our back would be to the stage guys and our arms would go like out, like in a big circle. And, and, we, and, we, and we would all be looking at the back of the stage and, and then hear them screaming and kind of eyeballing each other like, oh my God, this is so cool. You know? <laughs> so that, that was really cool. I, I, and it's still to this day, it's just 
it's the one that gets everybody just amped up. Yeah. Is there just like a moment of silence? Your backs are there and then they hear do, 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 do. And then, yep. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, but I agree. I think that's the, the most favorite song to most perform fun. because it's sort of like the the show leads up to that. And that's generally mm-hmm. the end, the last song. And there, it's like everybody anticipates it. We finally mm-hmm. get there and it's it never disappoints. Yeah, everyone's dancing and it's just a, it's a great, very energetic feeling to be up there and performing that song. Yeah, I have to we, agree we have- with, with the girls. We actually segued into a, a, a dance remix of it. Um, Chris Ooh. Cox did for us. And it's amazing. Jeanette Ooh. holds this note out. And it's just like, Wee! I remember that. I was like, oh it my was gosh. Great, right? Awesome. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Thank I mean, you. I, I just, I'm, if we don't do it during a show. I'm like, what? What do you mean? What do you mean we're not doing it? We got to do it. You know, I just loved it. <laughs> that, that made it really rock for me. I love just bringing it from the 80s into the you know, into now. It feels good. Right. It still works. Record, recording wise, I yeah. I don't know if there's any one particular song. I love being in the studio. I can tell you that. Mm. Um, I, I remember being in the studio mm. and I wasn't even the one recording, but I remember being in the studio while Joy was doing um, something. I don't know if you were December? doing a couple of fixes. Nope. It was, well, yeah, I remember that too. That was gorgeous. But I remember being in a studio with you for Let Me Be The One. Um, and I loved it. I just loved it. I loved being in there and just listening. Um, (laughs) that's one of my favorite memories. Annie, I remember being in the studio with you, um, when you were singing as long as I can dream. No, not as long as I could dream. Yeah. As long as I could dream. (laughs) Um, and how beautiful you sounded. I like being an audience member in the Mm. studio, I think, (laughs) you know, and, uh, you know, just getting all the background parts all right. And it's just fun hanging out in the studio. I miss it. Even though I was in there yesterday, but <laughs> but you guys weren't there with me. Oh. <laughs> Annie, do you have a favorite that you uh, I have total amnesia. I'm not even sure. Okay. I, 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 you know, I love creating with, with the group. And uh, I think the last recording that we did guys might, well, actually even we did some re-recording of some of our songs and it's just, fun to be in the studio together because we, we just end up giggling and um, it's just that sense of that, you know, that chemistry that we have, even when our voices blend. Um, So, yeah, I mean, no, no specific time or song, but just uh, overall, it's great to be in the studio. Okay. I have one. Um, (laughs) uh, I was with Annie when I don't know how many years ago it was, but she sang a song that she wrote uh, with a couple of friends I suppose, uh, with, uh, called um, Shine On. And her mom, I'm sorry, Annie, her mom had recently passed. I, I recently lost my mom too. So it's just, it's, it's a very difficult place to be. Sure. And she, I, I think, Annie, I don't think it was very, very long after your mom had passed, but I couldn't believe you were there. And you sang and it was like, I felt her shining through you mm. and you were hitting these notes and you were just, I can't say the word, but effing awesome. And, um, <laughs> and I just was like, my entire body was like goosebumps wow. on top of goosebumps. And uh, the sun was coming in. It was just like, it was just the weirdest thing. I, I just, I just felt like I was experiencing like an out of body sort of a moment, like where I just felt Anne's spirit and her mom's spirit connecting. And I just couldn't believe she, she could do it. Like 
just flawlessly. It was, it was really beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yes, I do remember that. And it was special. And I don't, I don't know how I did it either, but I know I was like, she's never going to, we can't do it. We're not going to do it. I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to, because I'd cry at the, you know, a Kodak commercial and ridiculous, but, um, Kodak, geez, babe, that was that aging yourself. Right well, there. hey, we're talking eighties here, babe. Eighties, what? Yes, I love it. <laughs> um, I was just wondering, would you guys ever record a new eighties influenced album together? Or any new music is in the works. Hmm. I don't know about an entire album, but I think right. a, you know a song or two would be a lot of fun. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know. I just think if it's something that we were doing together as expose. It would automatically be considered an 80s. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, we're talking about Influence. Christmas songs too, right, guys? Um, maybe if not for this Christmas next. But oh, um, yeah, oh. we're like, it's exciting to, to think about doing new stuff. Although I'm telling you, the fans want the old stuff. Mm-hmm. But sure. they're, they want it. They demand it. And they're <laughs> upset if you don't do it, you know? <laughs> yes. I can speak as an old curmudgeon myself. Yes. That's how I feel too. Uh, but we're so, so grateful that you're still out there doing it for that very reason. I mean, we, we, we fell in love with your music and with you three ladies uh, so long ago, but uh, to see you still out there doing it. And what seems like with the same passion and energy that you had back in the 1980s as fans, we are truly grateful and uh, yes. also thank, thank you for you. your time today. Yes. Thank, thank you. you so much thank you. Thank you for your time and interest. And thank you to everyone out there who continues to come to our shows year after year. We are so lucky and blessed um, and I know it just sounds kind of kitschy, but it's so true. We are all so mm-hmm. grateful that we're still um, out there and being able to do what we love. And it just means the world to us. Thank you, everyone. All right, Violet, I knew you were excited to speak with them. I was too. Yes, I was definitely. too. Definitely. But um, what do you think? I mean, that was awesome. I mean, Expose is definitely one of my major musical influences yep. and my musical idols in my life. So def- getting to speak to them, you know, is something I never thought I'd be able to do. And hearing their stories about their career and, you know, their music meant a lot to me. So yep. thanks for inviting me on. I, oh, hey, great. anytime. It was this, uh, was it better than getting an autograph? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. Definitely. Very good. Yeah, seriously. If there's another topic we can think of to talk about that you, I know you have a very, you know, this one particular interest, maybe there's others, but we should get together again. Uh, yeah. Maybe to talk more freestyle or more, more, as they pointed out, maybe more dance music in the 1980s because- Yeah, I love know, my dance pop. Yeah, it's a broader category. Hey, our show is brought to you every week by a number of different folks, but including our secret of my success level Patreon supporters, John Henderson, Craig Coletta, Bart Arnold, John Kaminsky, and John Raddick. And if you'd like to support our show, please visit uh, patreon.com slash 1980s. Now, you could also visit our website. There's a bunch of other ways to support our show too. Many of them are free. Yeah. You know, like sharing and liking and stuff like that. All right. Hey, we will talk to you next time on 1980s Now.